for now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Good the Movie Podcast. Tom with you again. Well, hey, everyone. All right. So we're getting back into our 1994 series. Uh, unfortunately, Bruce forgot to watch this and forgot to cancel his D&D game. So uh, it's going to be just the, the two Jamoke night tonight. Uh, yeah, well, you know, Dungeons and Dragons is very important and uh, wouldn't want those bards to get lonely. Nope, 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 nope. So uh, we've been, co- as we, as you guys been following along, we've covered quite a few films in 1994. We've covered some of the Oscar-nominated films like Forrest Gump, like Four Weddings and a Funeral, like Quiz Show. And then we covered some ones that might have had a shot like Ed Wood. And even though we both, we all agree True Lies shouldn't, there was an actual campaign for it. But then we get to this particular film, which, here's the weird part. As I was t- saying to Will beforehand, we're talking with a film that if they'd got if they'd got it right, it would have been one of the biggest films of 1994. We can both agree they missed quite a few important uh, points, but we're dealing with from 1994, starring Alec Baldwin, The Shadow. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The Shadow knows. Oh, and he won't shut the hell up about it. Uh, yeah. So the- I have a lot of problems with this movie. Oh, well, first, let's bring up those. For those of you who don't even know what this movie is, okay, so this actually is the first one to be based really off a radio show. I mean, there's been a few kind of loosely inspired by radio plays, but this one specifically was most notably a radio drama in the 30s and 40s with Orson Welles doing the show. So Alec Baldwin is not Orson Welles. He does have a very significant voice and over the years has become one of those guys you have and you want to do narrations. Uh, So this is a very pulp character who can his superpower is that he can hypnotize people and as it describes he can make you think he's invisible but you can't you can still see his shadow hence why he's the shadow the protector of the streets of new york city kind of uh so fun fact about the shadow from the radio plays uh that shadow had more of a just literally cloud men's minds so you couldn't i mean this whole oh you can only see shadow they didn't really go into that they just called him the shadow because he went on but it was more like an on someone else's problem field like people would see him and then ignore him uh and he had some other minor hypnosis tricks this movie gets him full-on gene gray yeah i mean this movie is all kinds of crazy but um they doubled down on that hypnosis stuff. They 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 tripled, quadrupled, and quintupled down. Yeah, and added some steroids and crack. So let, I guess let me just do what I always do. Let me start with what did I like about this film? Um, the costuming was kind of cool. I liked a lot of the costumes, you know, the the suits and the. I really liked uh, was it Shen Khan? Shen Khan's yeah. outfits. I liked yeah, his he's outfits. He's supposed to be the descendant of Genghis Khan. Yeah, he's supposed to be something. Uh, I liked his outfits. Uh, they were cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I I I I like uh, you know 1900s you know to 1920s fashion. I think that looks pretty cool. Yeah, um, it, it's very Art Deco. This I'm already like, um... I'm already talking about the fashion. Uh, this film had a couple of lines that did make me laugh and they were meant to make me laugh. Like they were legit funny lines. Um, the bit where they're discussing their various dreams and 
she's like, oh, I had this lovely dream about being naked on a beach. And he's like, yeah, I ripped my own face off in mine. And she's like, you got problems. And I was like, yeah, that's funny. That's that's legit a funny line. Um, let's get into it. <laughs> that's all, okay, that's yeah. all I liked this about is, this film, really. Here's the case. We have some really good, talented people in this film. We have Ian McKellen. You've got Ian McKellen and, and Tim Curry playing off each other. You've got Alec Baldwin, who at this point wasn't completely crazy and was actually pretty legit as a as an actor. Box office draw. I mean, uh, we're talking, he was a legit major movie star. He was. Uh, was it Penelope? Penelope Jones? Penelope Ann Miller. Penelope Miller, sorry. Uh, yeah. She was she was fine. I mean, up super up and coming. She's She's, you know... Uh, yeah. An attractive young lady who yeah. who can say dialogue like this with a straight face. Um, yeah, she's the case where uh, her and Bridget Fonda and a few other actors around the same time were basically going out for the same part. So she got Tigerlito's way and this, and unfortunately her career kind of never went beyond this. This is yeah. So we wouldn't say it didn't kill her career, but like a lot of people, like Christy Swanson and stuff like that. They had their moment and it just didn't didn't hit. Yeah, so. well, uh, unfortunately, her moment was in this movie and not something good. Um, <laughs> you've got, I mean, uh, you've got uh, James Hong, who, I mean, he's, his character's on screen for maybe three minutes, but he's probably my favorite character in the movie. Well, uh, it's hard to find a bad James Hong performance. It's, so. it's true, it's true. Uh, you've got... Um, oh. Saab, uh, what's his last name? Sabo? You talking about Jonathan Winters in his No, no, no. Movie? I was going to get to Jonathan Peter Winters. Peter Boyle? This, uh, no, I was talking about the, the scientist guy, the guy that he saves at the beginning of the movie. Oh, gosh. I forget his name all the time, too. Uh, good, good, another great Asian character. A, another actor. great actor, right? And, and then you've got Jonathan. You know, Waters is in this. I mean, this yeah. should have been an all – this should this was a bang-up cast, really. Yeah, this is like – you would – with these kind of talents, you know you got something. You got Jonathan Winters. You got Peter Boyle as basically his sidekick or his number one – of his network of like uh, people he saved slash uh, agents, you know. Yeah, Mo. It's a really now I will give them credit. They wisely stopped. This is not the where this is his first mission as the shadow. No, he's been the shadow for many years. So good, we don't get that kind of. We do get a prologue, which I felt like they should have cut. Which I I one hundred percent agree that they should have cut the prologue. So let's get into the movie. So for those of you who haven't seen it, and spoilers, I'm going to tell you not to go see it. Um. The opening shot of this is basically in Tibet, and a man growing poppies is coming in and saying, hey, what the hell are you doing? And Warlord murders him, and spoilers, the Warlord is Alec Baldwin. In Lamont Cranston. Lamont Cranston. I, can't, I don't care what his name is. His name is Alec Baldwin, because um, I don't care about this character at all. And there's a whole intro sequence where he's kidnapped by a mystical guy who's going to teach him powers as some kind of and then, but then he's got to go fight evil for penance. It's very confusing. It has Chekhov's stupid CGI dagger, and yes. it's really really stupid. Like uh, the whole front sequence of this movie could have been chopped. And I think they were going to chop it because immediately after the sequence ends, we get a fucking. Uh, text crawl on the screen that basically explains everything we just saw yeah it's like 15 years like 10 years later kind of and it's not like a quick like blurb like you know five years later or a long you know a long time ago in a galaxy far far away no it's a fucking text crawl and it's boring and that gets into the cardinal sin of this film for much of this film's running time it's boring as hell there's 
stuff happens, but you don't care. The characters are not you don't get to linger with the characters enough to care about them. So when stuff happens around them, they're just props. It's and the dialogue is so stilted. Like and it almost seems like they took a TV show and crammed it into a movie. Like multiple episodes of a TV show. So I've, I I used to watch a lot of crappy movies in the eighties, and these movies were basically failed TV pilots where they ordered yep. like three episodes and it did that. No one picked it up, so they stitched them together as a movie and then sold it on contracts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Master Ninja or the Captain America movies. You yeah. know the the old eighties ones. Action packed series. <laughs> like yeah. yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Very very. Things like that. And this very much – I know this movie wasn't that, but it felt like it in a lot of places. Yeah, the, the, the scripting is definitely feels like this is supposed to be a – I mean, Harris, I think they were thinking, okay, Batman was a hit. We can make this the, the new Batman. Well, the, was... the, again, the problem – the thing is with Batman – Almost everybody knows of who Batman is. Like you exactly. didn't go, you didn't go see the Tim Burton Batman movie without knowing who Bruce Wayne is and that his parents were killed and that's why he became Batman. And that means that the opening sequence can be very short and to the point because everyone gets the point. But they still went through it. They still showed you that sequence because they needed to see it. Whereas in this, this character. Nobody knows who the hell the Shadow is. I didn't know who the Shadow was when this came yeah. out in nineteen ninety four. Unless you were, you know, unless you grew up in the '30s or listening to radio plays, where you're just one of those guys who, you know, bought radio plays at, you know, off the uh, the cassette tape rack at like Cracker Barrel, because Lord knows that was a thing. You know, Still you is a thing, only it's DVDs now. Yeah, but that's the point, though. Is like you had to be one of those kind of people, you know. So your market's very specific. You know, you're talking either the you know greatest generation who may want to be interested in the movie. And that's about it, or, or like extreme, like ra- you know, like drama, like radio drama nerds. And once again, you're talking about the smallest possible. I mean, right. people like to joke about comic book nerds. No, no, we're talking m- minuscule size comparable. And then so, this is 1994 comic, though, when comics hadn't quite taken over pop culture yet, where yeah. comic books were not a, th- you know, were not a popular thing to be a fan of. Yeah. Or at all. Like, I mean, the, the 90s were full of a lot of abortive attempts at starting superheroes as movies, right? There's a ton of them in this in this era, and none of them quite make it until Blade. Blade is the only one that really got out of the 90s mostly unscathed. <laughs> and then yeah. in 2000, we have the X-Men, which kicked off the, 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 the big boom in superhero movies. Exactly. Um, but... I'm getting ahead of myself. So this film, and they needed to take some time with this character. They need. I, I really think we, they, honestly, jumping forward to where he's been the shadow for years and trying to explain all the crap didn't work. Like, I, I, it, it got us to the point a little faster. And this movie felt really long, even though it's only like an hour and forty-five minutes. But it I felt know, that's the problem. There's some montages that we could have used instead. Yeah, I think they could have done montages, yeah. but we really needed a little more time with the character exploring the character's motivations and origins, the, yeah. the, the bit at the beginning did not do the job that it needed to do. And it felt really tacked on. It felt like they wrote a movie and then they realized, Oh man, we didn't explain a damn thing. So they went back and shot some more crap and threw it at the front and said, well, yeah. this takes care of it. No, it doesn't. This doesn't take care of it. I don't yeah, know what's going point, on. The whole point really is just, we got to explain this dagger thing because that's the big weapon. 
I, they uh, didn't have to explain the stupid dagger. The dagger was pointless. They could have just had the guys having a fist fight. I mean, the dagger is dumb. Exactly. That's it, 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 the yeah. CGI effect they had to have in the movie. It was so shitty. Um. So anyway, so then we cut to past the text crawl, and the shadow saves a guy from mobsters. And as long as this sequence feels, and this sequence feels so long, <laughs> that is that is. Oh, don't even get into laughing. That's the whole the the whole bit about him. Like, <laughs> just this this sequence goes on forever. It feels like it goes on forever. It doesn't make any sense. And then you look at the shadow, and you're like, "That's that's not Alec Baldwin." <laughs> no, it's a stunt double. <laughs> that's a stunt double. And then they they but they don't they don't acknowledge that it's supposed to be a costume or an, a false identity or anything. You just look at him and go, "That's not Alec Baldwin. That's somebody else. He looks weird, and he's got a big nose and cartoon. And he looks like a cartoon. Yeah, and, yeah, he looks like the way the characters drawn in like posters. Yeah, kind of. But it's, I know. And then the fight scene is really anemic and shitty, and and the CGI is bad. Yeah, and this is 1994 CGI, which is the other issue. Okay, okay, like okay. So needs CGI. There was uh, there was another movie in 1994 that came out that had also had extensive CGI on the main hero, and it worked. It was called The Mask. Now, you can argue that it was a more cartoonish, it was a comedy rather than a, a dark and gritty superhero film. Exactly. But it worked way better in that movie. Way better. Yeah, we haven't, we're not going to cover The Mask in this series because that's a whole different, like if we ever do like a Jim Carrey series, we'll do that one. But The Mask is kind of a weird aberration for like, CGI films of 1994 because we already talked about all the bad CGI that got a lot of acclaim and Forrest Gump. Jurassic Park, the, the downside of Jurassic Park was a lot of studios like, well, we got to have something CGI in every film. Well, the, the tech, not every studio could do that when it comes to tech. And ILM worked their butts off just to do Jurassic Park. So a lot of these studios rushed to have stuff in. And this is another case where they put some, there's, there's some CGI stuff in here that you can tell they barely finished if that would consider that top notch to make this movie. So I uh, would be almost. Yeah. And use some practical, do more practical effects. It might've actually helped a little bit more. That dagger is not important. It was, you know, uh, no, no, none of that crap is important. You could have left all that out. And honestly, the storyline is, the storyline is CGI face on it. You could, you know, the dagger could still be a thing, but it's just a flying dagger. You know what? Yeah, That's it didn't have to be a fucking puppet or or CGI nonsense or bad uh bad um green screen effects. I mean, there are some really yeah. bad bad green oh, yeah. screen effects in this. Like when the when the guy is falling off the Empire State Building, not the guy who jumps, but one of the henchmen yeah. who's who's like, "What are you doing? No, don't you want to live? No, I want to die for my con." Blah. And then he falls into a really shitty blue screen effect, and I'm like, "This looks like garbage." I mean, yeah, even and blue and this screen movie effects had aren't. You can't. It's hard to screw up a blue screen effect of a guy falling off something. So no, I mean it's a real rough. It's just bad. It's badly done because yeah. the outline of the dude is so horrible. Yeah, um, it's it's very bad. And then. I almost don't want to talk about the plot because the plot doesn't matter. There's a thing; it's going to blow up. There's a madman. There's a fight yeah. at the end. Yeah, the and evil Khan, who is apparently the this, who guy. rode all the way from from Tibet in a fucking silver coffin. Or did he? <laughs> or did he? Dun dun dun! <laughs> so dumb. Yeah, it's like everything's all like is like. Well, he's doing this to try to trick the shadow. We don't care. No, I legit think he rode in that stupid coffin the whole time because. See, 
They linger on that thing for fucking ever. I, I know, but then there's the reveal. Oh, he's had this building all this time. He's hypnotized the whole city. Uh, which uh, is also stupid. Like, uh, that is a dumb statement. <laughs> 100% stupid. Everything about that is dumb, and I hate it. Um, because it doesn't make any sense. Like, if you assume that he was simply faking that sequence, then why did we even have that sequence? Because the audience... The, the, first of all, the shadow is not even there. The audience isn't is being fooled too. So by fooling the audience into thinking that was a real sequence, because there's no indication that that opening sequence where he's in the coffin and it opens up and he's in there, that that's anything but legit, right? So the reveal no. that he's had this building hidden for years under his control, under his my, <laughs> control. it just it it does it's so jarring and so what no he just I, got I, there no it's there's details that are like okay this was a if this was like you're right if this was like a tv series these would be fun twists at the end of the next episode well no they wouldn't because i would just go what the hell man well, you did you going, did he do yeah, it did, we're still did, talking did, 1994 like fun twist for you know I, alf had better twists in this speaking of which the dad from alf was in this movie for like yes max Rice in this film and a and <laughs> and another un, you know, useless performance. Uh, i mean the, the, yeah that whole sequence was dumb uh, uh also the powers are really inconsistent like i know anyway i don't i'm not gonna nitpick it, the powers because you can kind of see where they did rewrites and rewrites and you know maybe this film was supposed to be longer maybe it was supposed to be shorter you can just kind of feel where whatever the original screenplay was it that is not what happened so that, yes whatever they tried to do they yeah. failed at um and so once again i feel like this but here's the thing they put money in this film you know there's a lot of movies where they they probably just didn't have the money. They should not have made this thing. You know, when we get Street Fighter, that's going to be an example. <laughs> they, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of things that should not. Like once you got to a certain point, they should have said, "Nope, we can't do this." That's this right. This is a film where they clearly put a lot of money into. And we should point out, you know, this is a couple years after Dick Tracy. This is probably why they're like, "Okay, Dick Tracy was a hit." People forget that it was a hit. Yeah, because I don't. I remember almost nothing about that film other than the marketing. Like, yeah. That movie completely just f hit my brain and flowed off of it. Like I, I, I think I've seen it, but I couldn't tell you a damn thing that happens other than Madonna's in it. Yeah, I and mean, that's, that's it. <laughs> like, but that you remember the McDonald's campaign? I, I, because you couldn't escape it. It was everywhere. I mean, yeah. the market, the the marketing for that was so obnoxious that it made me not want to go see the movie because I was like, I'm so tired of seeing this. I never want to see it again. Now, and I, this is the case where they really undermarketed this film. I mean, they were advertising, but by you know by '94, you know, there's I mean, I'll, this is another case where too many things were screamed, squeezed into 1994. Not everything was going to be a hit, and this one, you know, barely did okay. At the well, box office. this is not a okay. So it basically it it made I think 48 million at the box office, and its budget was 40 million. And they did put some marketing into it. There was yeah. TV. I mean, there were there was some marketing. There was plans for like yeah. a TV. Al was... Mullen did a lot of interviews. He, I remember seeing him on Letterman talking about this character. He didn't seem that excited about talking about the movie, really. He well, that's because he saw the movie and was like, "Ah, oh, crap." <laughs> He's like, I'll talk about it, but I'm not. How much happy. cocaine did I do? Um, all of it. The answer is all of it because this He's movie like, is batshit insane. He's like, even Cam Basinger just had a lot of sex behind the scenes, and it's like oh. uh, possibly I don't know that movie was bad. Um, but yeah, so. I mean, so we we deal with the uh, so yeah, this film. Uh, but you're right, it barely made a profit if you can call that a profit when we talk about all the you know the, all the secret building and whatnot. So 
But I, I I will admit I saw this in the theaters. I went and saw it. I I hadn't seen. I didn't see this. I saw this for the first time this week. Actually, Um, I had never. I paid four dollars for it. I don't regret that I spent four dollars on it, but I'm not happy that I spent four dollars on it. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, well, I thought it's on HBO Max. I don't know if you had HBO Max or not. So it's. it's this one those weird ones like oh yeah this thing exists so you know when you talk about all the bad movies all the so far quote unquote good movies and all the bad movies this is definitely in the bad section but this is another case where and I hate to say this this could have worked if they worked on this a little bit more like this is a case where they had the money they actually had and I think Alec Baldwin actually is a good choice for the shot at least in 1994 he's a pretty named star he's yeah, you know, he's kind of got that Harrison Ford body at this point. You know, he no, has, he's got the. Yeah, I I agree. So I think this is a case of they had all the ingredients for a fine meal, but somewhere along the line, someone yeah. got confused and substituted substituted book. salt for sugar, and then yeah. panicked and tried to fix it. Yeah, and that's what happened here. You have great ingredients, but you put them together wrong, and you screwed up because the acting the acting is surprisingly wooden from almost everybody. Except the very mi- like the mi- the most minor characters actually have things like like uh, uh, Ian McClellan is fine, uh, Mo Tim is Curry. fine, Tim Curry is is hit the first half of his performance is way better than the second half. Second half is just the director just kept saying more faster and evil, it doesn't yeah. work with Tim we Curry. We need crazy evil Tim Curry. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't it didn't work because he's also supposed to be cowardly and Tim tried to kind of do both and it just flopped. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying. Tim Curry is a bad actor. I'm saying his direction in this was at the at the end of this movie was bad because yeah, once he, he got they had him go too over the top. Yeah, you can usually go over the top, but when you get what's always say too over the top because it's you know that's that's that fine line <laughs> that he walks all the time. I mean, all I was thinking was that was the best take you got for this shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that, when I'm thinking that about a Tim Curry scene, it's it's I normally love Tim Curry. He was great, and I mean, he's been in some schlock, and I've still enjoyed him, like uh, Anaconda. I love that damn Congo. movie. It's so stupid. Uh, we'll he, he was also in Congo. And in both of those, he's kind of garbage, but he's also a ton of fun. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so, it's the Tim Curry you know, charm. Yeah, it's it's great. So he's ter- like the first and he's great in the very beginning of this, like the whole sequence between him and the daughter of Ian McClellan. Um, is, is fun. That, that sequence was legit kind of funny. It was also kind of uncomfortable because it was the 90s, but it was in the 30s, so it was very strange. It's a very strange... By the way, we, we have to talk about her for a second because the one thing that they keep bringing up is that her character is a, has telepathic powers, but they don't really do much with it. They actually... Well, it, it becomes a major plot point because she saves his bacon in the whole water tank scene. Yeah. Which is fine. I, I actually liked that. It very much... Hard, I mean, that's... Argo. It's just, I mean, the the the, the bath the the inverse bathosphere did entertain the shit out of me. Yeah, I mean, a, once again, that's a great setup too. Yeah, oh yeah, but the sequence is boring. Again, the problem with it, this it looks movie, great, but it's not. There's nothing under it. It's so dumb. Like it's like they. So Tim Curry. So the whole point of the sequence is Tim Curry's character is been revealed as a as as doing bad things so the shadow well you don't know that when he goes to the bathysphere um well okay so (laughs) this giant room which is basically a water tank 
And Tim Curry goes in, and the shadow comes in and tries to say, look, you're being mind-controlled or whatever. He's like, oh, I'm not being mind-controlled. I'm actually evil. And he opens all the taps on the faucets, essentially, and then locks the shadow in the room. (laughs) And I'm like, wait a minute. What? Why did you go here in the first place? Like, they never explain why he goes to the water tank. Like he's not going to get anything. He's not got. He's. It's not. It's clearly not a workshop. So he's not working on the beryllium sphere there, or the MacGuffin, I should say. Yeah, or, we should, the nuclear bomb. That's it, the, thing. The, the atomic bomb. It's, it's got a ring. To, also, hey, that's catchy. That guy's wasted in this. Like the whole. How does it? Okay, first of all, bronzium, bronzium, my ass. Anyway, <laughs> second of all, if he if it's supposed to be this legendary metal, how the hell does he know to test for it? I mean, the well, argument did, could be made that he tested to see what it was not and then sort of inferred that it was bronzium, but he was pretty fucking sure after he threw some science goop on it and his Petri dish exploded that it was bronzium. And I'm like, really? <laughs> anyway, yeah, bronze, it's, it's a made it's, up, unob- it's unobtainium. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's made yeah, up it's, bullshit. It's, it's a, it's pulp writing. I mean, that's the, th- they're trying to emulate how pulp writers would just make stuff up that didn't make sense yeah it's honestly it's fine it's just because the rest of the film doesn't hang together i know i care exactly and anyways again so why does tim curry go to the 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 water tank to kill the shadow how does he know the shadow is going to follow him i don't know i mean just there's a lot of interesting set pieces there's no connective tissue there's a lot of weird close-ups of um (laughs) alec baldwin's stunt double in weird lighting and he does things like big cape flourishes when no one's watching and just i mean it doesn't even look all that cool it just looks excessive it's like and it's, it might be cool for zorro but it doesn't really it's work not even cool for zorro because zorro did it to show off he was like showing off in front of a crowd or something this guy's not he's just yeah to the walls or maybe for his own entertainment i don't know uh the fight at the end is dumb as shit um yeah. oh, and, oh and by the way i've figured out why it doesn't make sense because there's a certain moments that should be brought up that they for some reason cut out which is okay so the idea is khan's hypnotizing everybody to make everyone think the buildings doesn't exist so the idea is so the shadow has every single person possible come outside which means his mind's trying to keep the building like the idea is khan's focusing so hard to keep them from seeing the building that he's distracted and that allows the shadow to take over the evil the super dagger and stab him with it. I get, you know, that makes sense if you actually kind of click, you know. Oh, see, I I was under the impression that it was all about, oh, he finally overcame his limitation from the opening sequence where he tried to use brute force. Here he gave up on using brute force and instead just did it. And I was like, well, it's lame as shit. I mean, it didn't make any sense either way, honestly. None of that shit made any fucking sense. Mm -hmm. Because well, the shadow gets like two dudes to come out. <laughs> like it, it's not um, not once, even that many people. Again, it, it doesn't work because they didn't, you know, they, they didn't make it make sense. So you're you're taking one way, I'm taking the other way, and it it's doesn't matter because it was still shitty. It's <laughs> it doesn't both, but they don't. It, it's it's like I said, it's bad editing. Uh, bad then, he, then all the stupid mirror, not, and then the, okay, so then Chekhov's color blindness that actually oh, yeah. kind of pissed me the hell off. I was like, they're making such a big, they made such a big deal about it at the very beginning of the movie. So the whole idea is that there's a there's a, a absent-minded professor, which is Ian McClellan, and he's building the beryllium sphere, and he's coming along to to and he's been hypnotized by the bad guy to make a bomb and blah 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 blah. So they're going so he's freed and they're they're in the building and they're going to disarm the bomb, and because he's colorblind, he cuts the wrong wire and the timer goes from one hour to two minutes, 
And then they have to, and then they, there's a whole other bit where he's about to cut the wrong wire, and then uh, Margot pulls the right wire, and it's dumb. And it was like, did you need this? You could have just had the timer be at two minutes. You didn't have to go through this rigmarole with the whole colorblindness stuff to get there. Nor did why you have to make a funny. Why would a colorblind guy even use colored wires? Right, or or why wouldn't he just say? Well, I mean, he built the thing, so he would have been like, "Yeah, okay, I probably would have made this." Yeah, I always, I always, I always use the red wire for this, so I should cut the red wire. I lost you for a second. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Okay. I can hear you just fine, Tom. Um, so to finish my last point, ultimately, my problem with this movie is that they have all these great ingredients that they just don't do anything with. That's interesting. They did, you know, I'm gonna make an apple pie, and what I ended up making was it has apples in it. And it's in a crust, but there's some, there's a lot missing to make it a pie. And this that's exactly what happened here. This movie's just not very good. It commits the cardinal sin of being mostly boring and also incoherent. And it's just not fun to watch. I mean, there are movies that are bad and fun to watch. And this is not one of those. This is a movie that's just bad and boring. And honestly, that's almost worse. Yeah. So, But yeah, that's sort of my take. This is a case where the money was there, the talent was there, but... Nothing else was there. So, folks, uh, this has been the Good, Bad, and Nerdy Movie Podcast. We've been talking about The Shadow, a bad movie of 1990. And, boy, does it make me mad when we deal with a movie where they could have made a good movie. They just didn't. So, this podcast, please make sure to tell your friends about it uh, on social media. Please check us out on Facebook group, Movie Podcast, and Twitter, Good, Bad, Nerdy Movie Pod. Will, thanks for doing this. I apologize and tell Charlotte as well. I'm sorry. You guys had to sit through this one. Oh, she didn't watch it with me. She knew better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll be doing more of our 1994 films as we're going along. And, of course, please, please, if you are going to travel to Tibet, make sure not unless you um, have good locks on your doors. <laughs> Seriously, I didn't even talk about that, but you're absolutely right. Uh, who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? Not the shadow. I don't care because <laughs> this but, movie sucks. Bye, also, everyone. don't name your don't name if your last name is Cranston. Don't name your son Lamont. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right, take care, listening. everyone. All right, thanks, man. Uh, yep. We'll do some more in a few days. I'm going to try to. Uh, I'll, I'm, I'll time with uh, uh, Bruce. We'll figure out the rest of the uh, schedule next few couple weeks. Oh, by the way, did you get my invite for Charlie's birthday party next week? Uh, when did you send it? I sent it. Well, I sent it to Charlotte, so I don't know if you got it or not. But oh, it was it on Facebook? Yeah, I'll tell her to check. She she doesn't check Facebook very often. <laughs>